Welcome, welcome, and welcome back to the doghouse. I am your host. My name is Will, and I am very, very, very happy to be hosting all of you back in the doghouse. I mean, the last episode, sure, it might have been um, oh, it was about six months ago, uh, but we had four entire listeners. So I'm hoping we can get to maybe five, maybe more, maybe even six. I don't know. I might just be getting crazy and ahead of myself there. But hey, uh, it's called The Dog House. And for those of you who don't remember, this podcast started because my dog tore her ACL, couldn't go upstairs, and I was stuck downstairs with the dogs and away from the family. So I started doing this podcast for this awesome-ass dynasty league that we have, and I was able to put together four episodes uh, while here. Um, I thought I had five episodes. Turns out, as I uh, went back and was trying to figure out the names of the segments that I had, the fifth episode, I was out of town. So I only actually got four episodes recorded here, and then she shut that shit down. And if I remember correctly, no, I totally fucking remember correctly, uh, she had me doing work on her vacation business, uh, and then COVID shut that shit down, but she brought it back. Anyway, uh, so welcome back to the doghouse. The important part is that we're back. That's all that matters. Uh, last episode was uh, December 2nd, 2019. Today is June 12th. So I went, oh, we went over six months without an episode, so we got a lot of catching up to. Um, luckily, so the, the last time we spoke was 2019. We're now halfway through 2020. I'm happy to report nothing exciting has happened in 2020. Um, No Hall of Fame basketball players uh, died in any uh, horrific helicopter accidents. Um, There was definitely nothing crazy like a global pandemic. Nothing that affected every corner of the universe. And then uh, domestically, everything's been pretty cool. Nothing... Nothing... uh, Nothing going, okay, there's so much been going on. 2020 is the craziest year, and we need fantasy football more than ever. Uh, the NFL says they're going to stay on schedule, but of course that's what they're going to say now. They don't have to say something else yet. Baseball's fighting over money. At least basketball says they're going to start playing. It's, it's, we, we need some help. So let's talk a little bit about our fantasy league. That's the best part about Dynasty is it doesn't go away. So even when we have no sports uh, we still have our Dynasty League, and we do have a ton to cover. A lot has happened in the last six months, and so let's get after it. All right, this is normally where we would talk about the news of the week, but because this is a one-off episode, we're not going to do that. Instead, we'll use this opportunity to uh, remind our audience of where we were when we left off. We left off at the end of the regular season, and there was only one team that won in the uh, last week of the regular season while ranked outside of the top eight, that that victory got them into the playoffs, and that team was Wolfit. And so let's go ahead and get in to see what happened in the playoffs. All right, so we were very excited to get into the first ever playoffs in this Dynasty League. And let's start off with the number one seed, Stanley. Oh, man, was he the titan of the regular season. Uh, You can tell by my tone of voice and the fact that you already know what's going to happen. You know what happened. Yeah, he he was a 15-point favorite over Jason Kelly, who came in as the eighth seed. And Jason Kelly beat him by 15 points. That's right. Stanley came in as the favorite after dominating the regular season. Favored by 15, lost by 15. Jason Kelly moves on. This is exactly why we give $100 back to whoever wins the regular season. Because whoever dominates the regular season kills it for like three and a half months and always loses in the first round. It always happens. This league recognizes that, and that's why Stanley got his $100 back. So Stanley, good job getting your $100 back. Sorry you ran up uh, against Jason Kelly in that first round. Uh, you might hear a dog in the background. That's not Stella Peaches. By the way, Stella, as you could tell by me not referencing her outcome, uh, her ACL improved dramatically after the surgery, as you would imagine. Uh, her rehab went well. She's fine. Mm-hmm. And now it's Duke out here that is whining. 
Uh, I have him out here in the doghouse, but he wants to go out and probably bark at like coyotes or deer or something. Who knows? Anyway, uh, so Stanley, of course, the number one seed loses in the quarterfinals. Uh, next up was Rose versus Booby. Booby was a nine-point favorite going in, but Rose beats him by 19. Good job. Uh, good job on that one, Rose. And that gets us to Austin and Wolfit. Austin was a 23-point favorite going in. Uh, the, the, the projected score going in was Austin over Wolfit, 151 to 128. And guess what the final score was? Not 151 to 128. It was 151 to 127. But of course, it was the other way around. Wolfit has the 151, not Austin. And so the only uh, guy who had to win in the last week of the regular season to get into the playoffs, Wolfit was the only team that started that week in the regular season, outside of the top eight, won his way in. Sorry for stumbling through that sentence. The dog's annoying the shit out of me. I'll let him out here in a second. Anyway, so Wolfit beats Austin quite handily. Austin, of course, was not very happy with that. Uh, what did I write here? Yeah, the projection was perfectly incorrect. Uh, exact right score, just wrong person. Uh, let's go ahead and stop right there so I can let this dog out because apparently strangling a dog live on a podcast not good for ratings. Be right back. Goddamn dog. Okay, we are back. Let's finish up that first round. Last matchup of the playoffs was Pierce versus me. Pierce had a projected victory by 14 points. And that's exactly what it did. Handled business. Ended up beating me by 16. And that rounds out the first round of the playoffs. Kelly with a nice upset on the number one seeded Stanley. Of course, the David takes out Goliath on that one. And again, Rose beating Booby, Wolfett beating Austin, and Pierce beating me. So we have Kelly, uh, Sergeant First Class Knife Hand, versus Rose, uh, Donkey Teeth, uh, Bismo Funyuns, all of the above. And we had Jason Kelly in the semis beating Rose by 30 points. How did he do it? Well... The MVP was Kenyon Drink with 44 points. Oh, man, the semifinals and Kenyon Drake gives you 44 points. Are you kidding me? But it doesn't end there. Jason plays the stack of Drew Brees, 31 points, and Michael Thomas, 35 points. I'm no math major, but that looks like a 66-point stack to me. That is exactly your sneaky start because of that stack. And we have a 30-point victory. Jason Kelly as the 8 seed, defeats Stanley in the first round, gets 171 points in the second round to win by 30, and go on to the finals. Gotta love fantasy football. In the other semifinal, we have Pierce versus Wolfett. Big matchup here. Couple old D-Kai guys going at it, but it wasn't close. Wolfett ends up winning, get this, 231 to 139. Pierce's score of 139 sounds pathetic. It's it's not. That's basically average. Average was 144. And so Pierce got a 139, just five points below average, basically an average week. And Wolfett scores 231 points. How does he do it? MVP, Lamar Jackson, of course, MVP of the league, with 37 points. He gets his sneaky start. It, oh, wait, who was, my, who was my bust you on the last game? Did I do a bust you on the last game? Oh, yeah, I forgot. So the bust you on the last game, on uh, Jason Kelly beats Rose by 30 points. The but, bust you, they're... Uh, Rose got 141 points. That's basically average. It's a, it's a very fine week. Uh, so the only bust really was Duke Johnson was in was in that starting lineup, and he got four points. Not that you were expecting a ton out of Duke Johnson. You were just kind of hoping, uh, but it, that, that didn't play out. Uh, anyway, uh, so I've, I forgot to mention that. In the first semifinals, back to the second semifinals, 
Um, the MVP is Lamar Jackson. The sneaky start is Sterling Shepard. Wolfick gets 26 points from Sterling Shepard. If you had told me, hey, Sterling Shepard retired in week 10 last year. Do you remember that? I'd been like, oh, yeah, no, I, to- I totally remember that. He gets 26 points in the semifinals. Wolfett also gets 31 points from A.J. Brown, 31 points from George Kittle, and 34 points from 34 points, excuse me, from Saquon Barkley. Let's not not forget Saquon got injured early in the year. Wolfett used the number one pick on Saquon, and he didn't do much of anything. But Saquon. Uh, uh, while he didn't get him into the playoffs, Lamar Jackson got Wolf into the playoffs. Uh, Saquon sure did well in the playoffs. 34 points in this one. Lamar Jackson, 37. Wolf putting up 231 points to stamp his ticket to the finals. And boy, oh boy, are we going to have a matchup in the finals. We got Jason Kelly coming in as the eighth seed, but after putting up 171 points, Versus Eric Wolfett, number six coming in. We have the number six seed versus the number eight seed. Wolfett put up 231 points to get to the finals. And Wolfett put up 231 points again in the finals. Jason Kelly increases his score by 35 points. From the semifinals, he ends up with 206 and still loses by 25. Wolfett puts up 231 in the semifinals and 231 in the finals. I don't have the book with the all the numbers from earlier in the season. Maybe I, I don't remember what the highest scores were. Maybe there was a few that were higher than that. But 231 in the semis and in the finals. Um, you definitely earned that championship. The last team to get into the playoffs was Wolfett. The only team who wasn't in the top eight going into the regular season. I've said it three times, but it's it bears repeating. And uh, Wolfett gets into the playoffs and then runs the goddamn table. He gets puts up 231 points. This time, the MVP, Saquon Barkley, man, 55 points. 55 goddamn points. And I say this at the 5 minute and 55 second mark of this segment. He got 55 points. So many. But you know what? That's why you took him number one overall. That wasn't an accident. It wasn't like, oh, Saquon, maybe one day he could score some points. No. He could do this. And he did. And exactly when you needed it. Who was your sneaky start? Oh, it was one of those sneaky IDP starts. Wolfick got 35 points from his IDP Jones in the finals. He gets 36 points from Lamar Jackson. Another ho-hum 36-point day. He also got 26 points from Jared Cook. Do not sleep on the season that Jared Cook just had. And let's go ahead and take a look at Jason. Goddamn, Jason, the runner-up on the season... 200 points in the finals and loses. 206 points in the finals and loses. What are you going to do? You got to just tip your cap. Um, there there really wasn't a bust. Um, I guess his one of his IDPs only got five points. So you can say that was the, that was the bust. But that wraps up our 2019 season. Uh, it was the, I, I did a study. Uh, and our season was the best inaugural uh, dynasty fantasy football league season in history. Um, it was close. Second place was close, but third wasn't. Uh, but we did win. Congratulations on an amazing first year. And in all honesty, I said it in a previous episode. I'm going to say it again. All I really wanted was parody this first year to show that we at least started off equal and then whatever happens, happens. And that's exactly what happened in our league. Uh, Robbie won the last two weeks of the regular season. He ended up with five wins. Nobody had less than five wins. Wolfick got in the playoffs with six wins. So the teams that had the tied for the worst record had one less win than the team that actually won the whole thing. Uh, Jason might have also been six and seven going into the playoffs. Kind of think of it. 
Um, it was the number eight seed versus the number six seed. So that might be exactly what happened. Um, so there's a lot of parity in the league right now uh, after this first season. That's great to see. And that just sets us up perfectly for the best part about Dynasty is this isn't the end, like every redraft. This is just the beginning. Let's get into the 2020 season. All right, so welcome to the 2020 season now. Let's go ahead and uh, first look at the draft order. As everyone remembers, my goal was to make sure uh, that I set our draft picks up so that we wouldn't have tanking. I stole Rick's idea from Super Bowl Glory, where there's a tournament of the four teams that don't get into the playoffs. Um, that's how we decided the top four picks. Uh, R-Dub and Garrett both should have made the playoffs. I shouldn't have made the playoffs. Um but they did. They got unlucky. They put up a bunch of points, but just had way a, a ton of points score, scored against them. So, not surprising that Ardub and Garrett won their first round of uh, their their uh, draft pick tournament and went up against each other. Ardub beat Garrett in the bowl for the first pick. I don't know what we would call that. Uh, I'll come up with a name with that later. And so, Ardub has the first pick in the draft, Garrett the second. And it will go on from there. Um, we also said we, we basically did the exact same thing for the four that lose in the first round of the playoffs. Um, because, again, I'm just trying to avoid tanking. So after you lose, you go into a loser's bracket uh, and you start playing for the uh, picks five through nine. Uh, no, five through eight. Excuse me, five through eight. Um, that was the only thing I think, uh, in terms of draft order that needs to be mentioned. And let's go on to the next thing we did was we started getting some voting going. Uh, there's a stat correction. Thank you. Jason Kelly brought to my attention after week one, I messed up and what I wanted to do didn't happen. And as soon as you got a hundred yards, even if it was just rushing, with no receiving or receiving without rushing, you automatically got four and a half. That wasn't the intention. I threw out there what my intention was. So the correction is now you get you get three points for getting 100 yards rushing, 100 yards receiving, or 100 yards combined rushing and receiving. Um, you get four and a half. Only if you, yeah, no, there's no, ver, I guess, I don't know. I don't think there's a, I think you can get four and a half if you got a, no, I think there's a different bonus if you had a hundred rushing and a hundred receiving. Um, so anyway, a hundred point, a hundred yards is back to the standard three point bonus, not the automatic four and a half is all that really mattered with that. Then we started looking at Taxi Squad. We did not change the time, uh, the service time for you to have to be on the Taxi Squad. So Taxi Squad is still for rookies and second year players. Once you have completed two seasons in the NFL, you can't be on the Taxi Squad anymore. We added an extra IR spot. So we had one IR spot. We went to two IR spots. We voted and increased the taxi squad. We voted on the IR spot as well. We voted on all these things. Uh, we voted and we increased the taxi squad from four to seven. And so what we're what we're really doing here is making it so we're it's more like you have like a minor league team, and it's taking talent off of the waiver wire and put and putting it on our rosters which should um, hopefully lead to more trading. The, the, the way to rebuild your roster is through trading uh, in the draft. And we did, there was a lot of trading going on in the draft, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, but anyway, we increased our taxi squad from four to seven. Uh, we decided to keep the rookie draft at three rounds. Uh, we, we made a rule... Uh, that it's, this is just a common sense one. If you trade for okay, so the rule with the taxi squad is your taxi squad is is unlocked 
up until week one. As soon as you get to week one, whoever is in your taxi squad at week one, your taxi squad is locked. You can pull that a person out of your taxi squad, put them on your active roster as long as you, you know, make the corresponding move and drop somebody. But you can't add anyone to that taxi squad once week one starts. So what we did was we added a rule so that if you trade for someone who is on someone else's taxi squad, if he starts on the other team's taxi squad and you trade for him, you can put him on your taxi squad. Um, even though technically he wasn't there at the start of your season, the fact is he was on someone else's. It's kind of like trading a minor leaguer for a minor leaguer without having to give up an active roster spot. It, may, it, it was a common sense sort of rule. So we add that one in there. Uh, we then voted on adjusting the bench size and we kept the bench exactly at 15. So what we, so we, we added an IR spot. We added three taxi squad spots. So we added a little uh, trading and a little less talent on the waiver wire um, and a little deeper rosters with like a minor league system almost. Um, I, I'm going to try to get it increased even more and eventually we'll have um, uh, a, a, another league, but it's like a taxi squad. So like we have 30 right now, our taxi squad seven. We can get that seven up to like even just 20 and then have a B league and then have B leagues then play each other and the winner, we get a relegation and we'll have to vote on that, but it could be a thing. It might be a thing. Call into the show. I can remind you via, just text me, uh, what your thoughts are about possibly developing a minor league um, that goes along with this dynasty league in the future. Something to think about. The big, big picture stuff here. Uh, anyway, we keep the bench at 15. And then we opened up free agency. So my thought on free agency was like, we're going to open it up with the NFL. There's going to be these big splash free agency signings in the NFL. And, and we'll have the same in our league. We have $100 for our regular season. We'll put $50 extra mm. Uh, sorry for my, I'm sure you guys heard the, the little reminder of who's visiting tomorrow. Uh, put 50 extra dollars on the fab for our like, kind of off-season spending spree. But one of the things I didn't really think about is our rosters are so, so large. There's so little talent on the waiver wire that when free agency in the NFL happens and people move around, like the people's whose roles change, it's just still not worthy of like, oh, big spending. So like I was, me and I think like, I don't know, Ardub, I think was like the only other person that actually spend the, like the $50 the way it was intended. So we could think about maybe not doing that in the future because it's not really necessary. Something else to think about. Uh, again, call into the show. Uh, with your thoughts on whether or not we really need to have this $50 on top. Remember, we started last year at 100 but we didn't have an off-season last year, so it was 100 for the regular season. So we did the 100 for the regular season. We added the 50 for the off-season. I don't know if that's necessary. Uh, something to think about. Um, and then the last thing we have uh, before we get to our draft is the reminder that we had great parody in the league, but I'm pretty sure that I finished the last segment off with that. So, you know what? Let's talk about this draft. Oh, like I said, we have a lot to get to in the doghouse. First episode in six months. Not going to be another episode for a while. So happy that we were able to actually wrap up the 2019 season talk about rule changes, and even a little free agency discussion. There really was not much of free agency. I grabbed McKinnon. I think Ardo grabbed somebody. It, was, it wasn't anything exciting. Um, so let's get to what is exciting. It was our first ever rookie draft. We've had a draft in this league before, but it was basically like a redraft. I mean... It's a dynasty league, so you might have taken a younger guy here over a veteran there. But, I mean, it was basically a redraft. This was the first time I've ever been involved in a, in a draft like this rookie draft. So, I was super excited. 
And uh, let's just, let's get into it. So we talked about R-Dub had the first pick and it was pretty obvious coming in uh, that Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift uh, were going to be th- who Arda would be taking. He told us, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see how the draft plays out, and I'll pick on Monday." And we were like, "Yeah." I was like, "Yeah, no, obviously that's just smart, uh, good idea." And uh, then right before the draft, I read an article that didn't have any running backs going in the first round, and I put out a a, a poll and I said. Are we even going to have a running back go in the first round? Well, it turns out that ended up being a pretty good poll because we did have a running back go in the first round. He went as the last pick in the first round. And who gets the last pick in the first round? The Super Bowl champs. The Kansas City Chiefs picked C-E-H. What is his name? I don't even know yet. He doesn't have an NFL carry. I know he's got three letters, C-E-H. I think it's like Clyde something, Clyde Edwards, I don't know. I really don't know. Hiley? I don't know. I think there's an L in there. I don't know. He doesn't, he hasn't, he doesn't have an NFL carry yet. When he actually has some stats in the NFL, I'll learn what his name is. And I think his first name's Clyde. His initials are C-E-H. So that kind of messed up everything because then you say, well, wait a second. The Chiefs could have picked Taylor or Swift, uh, but they took Hyde. This is uh, Hyde. No, not Hyde. I got to learn what this guy's name is. He went in first round draft. I should. I knew his name the week of the draft. I just forgot. Um, anyway, so Art about to think about it for a sec. He was thinking of taking Jonathan Taylor originally. But he 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 had to he had to take the consensus 101 um, and that was Ceh and so congratulations Ardo with the 101 you got Ceh uh, he is just lined up to have a phenomenal production there with the Chiefs and such a young um, dynamic offense with so many speedsters who take the safeties out of the box and. They Damien Williams is there, but I mean, really, no one is absolutely in love with Damien Williams, even though he was a stud in the Super Bowl. Uh, great pick overall, uh, and that gets to Garrett. So Garrett, just like Arda, pretty much deserved to be in the playoffs last year. Uh, got a little unlucky with the points against. Garrett had the worst, uh, most unlucky points against. Uh, he is a big Indianapolis Colts fan, and before uh, the draft. I traded him Paris Campbell, who uh, is a he's a second year Indianapolis Colts wide receiver, but he was injured almost all of last year, so he's basically a rookie. Um, and Austin traded Garrett Phillip Rivers after he got traded to the Colts, and so in uh, and, and both of those trades, Garrett gave up draft picks. And Garrett gave up the two hundred two to me for Paris Campbell. Uh, which ended up being about exactly where Paris Campbell would have gone if he was in this draft. Uh, and he gave up the 302 uh, for Phillip Rivers. And so I was saying, hey, dude, once uh, once when CEH got drafted, I was like, dude, you're about to get Taylor. And he's like, I, I can't do it. Like, I have too many Colts. Like, I'm just, at this point, I'm just a homer. I'm just getting my Colts. I'm like, you have a chance to get Jonathan Taylor. And so, of course, he did. And so Garrett... Uh, is basically the Indianapolis Garrett right now, but he's got Jonathan Taylor um, to go along with Marlon Mack and Philip Rivers, uh, and who knows, maybe Paris Campbell will do something there. A lot of Colts on that team, but you're going to be very, very happy with Jonathan Taylor. So that brings us to the 103, and Robbie, because of a trade he made with Jason Kelly, taking advantage of his very nice draft, with getting Dak Prescott to back up Deshaun Watson. He ended up moving Deshaun Watson for the 111. He has the 103 and the 203, which means now at that trade, Robbie's got three picks in the top 15. So this ends up being a big big draft for Robbie. And who's sitting there for him at the 103? DeAndre Swift, who many... I'm not going to say the majority, but many experts had as the number one running back before anyone got drafted. 
he goes to Detroit, who uh, on Johnson is there, and on Johnson can't stay healthy. So DeAndre Swift has a, a every opportunity. They didn't they didn't take him where they did to have him sit on the bench. He has every opportunity to get a bunch of carries. Very nice pick by Robbie. Uh, so that brings us to the 104. Uh, Adam is at the 104, and he gets Dobbins. And I love, love this pick. At the 104, this is such a stacked draft. At the 104, J.K. Dobbins goes to a team that only wants to run and he has uh, he gets to be the protege. He has a mentor there in Mark Ingram who's older. So Ingram's going to have his last year or two and Dobbins is going to take the uh take the ball and run with it quite literally and uh on a team that wants to control the ball on the ground and not air it out too much. I I think the value at the 104 is phenomenal. Great pick, Adam. Uh, I see Dobbins scoring a lot of points for you in the future. So that gets us to the 105. And I did not write down who had the 105. Oh, that would be Stanley. So Stanley, he, he, he has the number one, he has the best season in the regular season. Number one seed going to the playoffs loses, but because he loses, he then goes into a new tournament of the four of us that lost in the first round, and the winner of that tournament gets the fifth pick. Well, guess who got that pick? Stanley won that got that pick. So it was, that's a little, if you were unlucky in that first round and you deserve to move on, you can end up getting a better draft pick. That's exactly what Stanley did. He ended up doing, wait, is CeeDee Lamb, okay, that's what the, okay, Stanley was Jerry Jones on that yacht. He was like, CeeDee Lamb's coming to me. He's available. I got to take him. He smashed that button. Stanley took CeeDee Lamb at the 105. Very nice pick. All right. The 106. The 106 is uh, is the draft pick that this very young league uh, doesn't have a lot of stories in. But of the stories, this draft pick has a lot of stories. This was the draft pick, along with Debo Samuel, that was traded to in, to Austin for Antonio Brown. <laughs> Don't forget, the biggest trade that started this league was I traded the first round draft pick and Debo for Antonio Brown, who then ended up getting... That, okay, <laughs> I made that trade after he threatened the GM, but then he apologized and he was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I was like, oh, all right. Maybe I was like, maybe Austin's sick of this shit. I was like, like you yeah. know, this was the first time he'd ever threatened any violence. He apologized pretty quickly. Yeah. He's probably fine. You know, I'm like, Oh, I understand violence risk. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great job. We all know what happened after that. And anyway, I lost the 106. For the entire year, I was trying to get back into the first round. Any way that I could think, I was trying to see if Minshew or Mason Rudolph could get me a first round pick if they had a good week. I wanted to get back into that first round all year. As I mentioned earlier, I was able to trade Paris Campbell to Garrett for the 202. I took the 202 and my 206... I traded it back to Austin to get my 106 back. So both times the 106 got traded was between me and Austin. I give him the 202 and the 206, and I get the 106. And with the 106, my original pick, (laughs) finally getting it back after all that work, and I got Cam Akers. I'm very excited about that pick. A lot of people are very high on that uh, pick, uh, at that value, especially at the 106. We'll see. All right, let's move on. Uh, 107 is Austin, but it was from Jason in the Carson Wentz trade. That doesn't make sense. I think there was another trade also. I think that pick got traded twice. I think one of the picks... Think okay, yeah. So I obviously didn't do enough research there, but regardless, one of the trades associated with that pick was Jason 
trading away Carson Wentz to Austin. By the way, Austin trades Phillip Rivers away after he gets Carson Wentz. He gets Carson Wentz from Jason after Jason gets Deshaun Watson from Robbie, and Robbie's got three picks in the top 15. Uh, love Dynasty. So anyway, this ends up being Austin's, the 107, and uh, he takes Jerry Judy. Oh, no, no, this is Jason's. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. It was Austin's. I wrote it down wrong. I'm sorry. It was from Austin to Jason. That makes more sense. Just one trade. It was for Carson Wentz. So Jason basically trades Carson Wentz for the 107, who he uses to get Jerry Judy. Maybe Jerry Judy was the one that went to the to Dallas. I don't know who went. One of them, oh no, Jerry Judy, I think, went to Denver. Did he go to Denver? I think he went to Denver. I think he, that was a steal for Denver, if I remember correctly. All right. Anyway, let's move on. Um, number, uh, who's next? Uh, the 108 is Booby, and Booby takes Justin Jefferson. Uh, he goes uh, to Minnesota. He's going to try to take the Stephon Diggs role. Stephon Diggs got traded to Baltimore, uh, Buffalo, different uh, AFC team with the B. Let's say that begins with the B. Uh, Buffalo, where my boy Josh Allen will hopefully be able to get some points by tossing it downfield to Stephon Diggs. Justin Jefferson is the cheap version of Stephon Diggs and going to uh, play opposite of Adam Thielen. Booby's hoping he can um, uh, take advantage of that, knowing what that role should be able to produce. Uh, the 109 Pierce takes uh, Jalen Rager, Rieger, uh, wide receiver for the Eagles. Uh, very nice pick there. Alshon Jeffrey's always injured. Uh, they just don't have a... They, they needed help at receiver. Uh, so Carson Wentz is throwing on the ball. Hopefully he should get a bunch of targets. Uh, that brings us to the 110. Ben Rose takes Zach Moss. Uh, that's a nice pick there. That's also at Buffalo, if I remember correctly. I should have wrote that down. And he should be backing up Devil, Devin Singletary. Uh, last year, Devin Singletary was with Frank Gore. Uh, Frank Gore is 173 years old and has moved on. He's still playing. Of course, he's still playing. I mean, I don't know who for, but he's maybe the... I don't even know. I can say a team, but I would just be making it up. But he's definitely signed by somebody. Uh, next gets to the 111. This was the Deshaun Watson trade. Uh, so here we go with Robbie again picking. And he gets that one from Jason. And he takes Ruggs. Uh, the wide receiver taken by the Raiders. You got to remember when the Raiders had uh, the pick, uh, I forget what number they were, number 12 overall or whatever. They had their pick of any wide receiver. Every wide receiver was on the board. They took rugs. Uh, Robbie took rugs at the 111. Nice value there. The champ, Wolfett comes in and takes T. Higgins who is a wide receiver for the Bengals. He was drafted to replace A.J. Green. And so Wolf is looking to the future there. Very nicely done. Mm, let me go ahead and take a, a sippy sip break. Thank you. I didn't feel it was necessary to actually stop the recording. The production value is not that high here. Um, yeah, that was the end of the first round. Now let's get into the second round. I had begun by saying that Wyland took his sweet time um, taking that first pick. He really didn't. I was just being impatient. Uh, but of one thing I know about Wyland, and I knew it while it was happening, was that the moment that Wolfett made his pick to finish the first round, <laughs> that Wyland was immediately, immediately going to start that second round with his pick. It's exactly what he did. I really knew it was going to happen when we were at the 109 or the 110, and I realized that the likely pick at the 201 was going to be the running back for the Tampa Bay Bucks, Kashawn Vaughn. Uh, so, of course, that was the quick pick for uh, <laughs> for Wyland. He gets his Tampa Bay Bucks um, uh, running back, and they're they're. They've, you know, they've had their problems at running back um, over the last couple of years, but they're really hoping that maybe Vaughn can provide some uh, stability to the position. Okay, so this is now we get to the two hundred two. The two hundred two was um, originally Garrett's. It was traded for Paris Campbell. 
Uh, I got the 202 and I coupled that with the 206 to get the 106 in Cam Akers. So this 202 is Austin. So this is uh, uh, the first of Austin's in the second round. I think he has 75 picks in the second round. And he ends up taking with the 202 Pittman Jr. So he gets a wide receiver, gets a little wide receiver depth there. Uh, Pittman Jr. Uh, for Indianapolis. Uh, very nice pick there. Uh, I've already seen a bunch of people saying that they predict he'll be able to be one of the rookies that rookie rookie wide receivers, the very deep rookie uh, wide receiver class. Easier for me to say, uh, rookie is easier for me to say than rookie. Uh, but Pittman should be able to score early, and uh, nice pick at the two hundred two. So Robbie is picking again. Here's his third pick in the in the first fifteen at the two hundred three, and he takes. Joe Burrow, remember, he had three in the top 15 because he got the 211, or he got the, he got a first rounder by trading for Deshaun Watson, and he replaces Deshaun Watson with Burrow, who now is his backup to Dak. Very nicely done, Robbie. Um, and that's a good way. We were wondering where Burrow was going to go. His ADP was the 111, and we were, people were making jokes that someone was going to take Burrow at like the, top of the draft and he ended up going at 203 so there was uh, Robbie got some value there especially after just trading Sean Watson um, and using that pick uh, to get rugs and get some wide receiver depth um, and of course again after getting DeAndre Swift so Swift rugs and Burrow uh, nicely done Robbie good job using those three picks in the first 15 that gets us to the 204 which is Adam now we have a run on the quarterbacks Adam takes Justin Herbert. Uh, he's got a nice future there ahead of him. So now Adam's got his young quarterback of the future. That gets us to Stanley at the 2-5. He takes Ayuk. Um, uh, of, of course, I think Austin at the 206, the diehard Niner fan, was hoping that the newest Niner, Brandon Ayuk, was going to fall to him. Uh, but Stanley was not going to let that happen. Uh, so now we're at the 206. The 206, as we just mentioned, was the other half of the trade uh, with the 202 uh, for the 106, where I got Cam Akers. He took Pittman with the 202, and he takes another wide receiver. He goes wide receiver, wide receiver, and takes Mims uh, to go along with Pittman. And so Austin gets two uh, really nice wide receivers to add some depth to that position. Uh, he'll be able to use for a while. But guess what? Austin's not done. The 207 is also his. because That was his pick originally. He had the 202 and the 206 for me. And he takes Joshua Kelly running back for the Chargers. So that was his only, that was his third pick in the round. He had the 202, the 206, the 207. And he goes Pittman, Mims, Kelly. So we'll have to keep an eye on those three going forward. Very nicely done, Austin. There's a lot of picks in a very short amount of time. The 208 is Booby, and he takes uh, Dar uh, Darrington Evans, the running back that went to Tennessee. He's going to be the replacement for Derrick Henry, who is actively getting ran into the ground. Um, Derrick Henry is one of those guys where he will be putting up a ton of points for the next two years, and then I wouldn't be surprised if he just... His body gives up and he's all done. Um, but who knows? Maybe he'll have uh, one of those bodies that lasts all the way till his mid-30s, but <laughs> doubt it. Anyway, uh, let's go to the 209. Pierce is up and he takes Chenault. Chenault is the wide receiver for the Jaguars. Um, they are looking to tank and they're going to let Minshew tank by throwing um, to Chenault when um, a Chark is covered. Uh, so Pierce is going to get him. Uh, he, did, he Look, Chenault would have gone a lot higher in a previous draft. This draft was just so deep at wide receiver. So that's actually pretty, uh, that's actually really good value at 209. Um, speaking of really good value late in the second, Rose takes Claypool, the wide receiver to Pittsburgh. I think that's a great value because I don't know if anyone's noticed, but all Pittsburgh does is produce stud wide receivers. They draft really, really well at that position and they produce stud wide receivers. And so Claypool is the next one they drafted and it's the 210. I like that value right there. Good pick Rose. 
Um, and that brings, brings us to the 211. 211 was Jason. Now remember, Jason trades for Deshaun Watson. So he, then he trades Carson Wentz away. He's got his stud in Deshaun Watson, but now he doesn't really have that backup. So what does he do? At the 211, he drafts Tua. Very, very nice pick. I like that value at the 211 and really works well with your roster. Now we get back to the the champ, Wolfett, at the 212. He takes Gibson, running back in Washington. Washington has a Geis who gets injured the moment he steps on a football field. The only reason why he's not injured right now is because of the coronavirus quarantine. Uh, and Adrian Peterson is still playing there, and he's 53. So Wolfett sees a, a very uh, the, uh, late in the second round, uh, the last pick of the second round, the 212, uh, being able to get someone who has a pretty clear path to some carries uh, relatively soon. So then we go to the 301, and guess what? It's Wolfett again. Wolfett gets the 301 from Ardub. I don't remember what that trade was for. I didn't go look it up. I think, I think it was for the tight end from Buffalo. I want to say his name is like Knox. And I think Arda needed a tight end one week and traded his third round pick uh, for a startable tight end. And I think that's how Wolfick got the 301. And he ended up taking uh, Edwards, the wide receiver for the Raiders, uh, so the Raiders took a couple wide receivers, and um, Robbie got one of them. Wolfe got the other. Uh, Austin at 302. This is the one he got from Garrett. Oh, yeah. So Garrett, <laughs> I said Garrett traded the 202 and the 302 uh, coming into the draft. He only had the one pick. So he took Jonathan Taylor, and then he was done. And basically, all three of his picks, the 102, 202, and 302, ended up being turned into Colts. His 102 is Jonathan Taylor, the, the Colts' newest prize possession. His 202 he traded for Paris Campbell, uh, a second round, maybe third round pick uh, for the Colts last year. And then his third round pick he traded for Phillip Rivers, the quarterback of the Colts. And so he was actually done after the second pick of the draft, got all his, got all three of his Colts. Uh, I had mentioned that earlier that was the Colts, but I had not, I didn't I just didn't mention the part that that he was just done actually uh, before DeAndre Swift was even drafted. Anyway, so Austin has the 302 because he traded him Philip Rivers after the quarterback carousel of him ending up with Carson Wentz. Um and who did he take? He took Van Jefferson, the wide receiver for the Rams, the uh Rams just lost uh, Brandon Cooks and so now they got Van Jefferson to try to fill in as that third wide receiver. They're going to carry with two tight ends uh, in the meantime until Van Jefferson can get up and running, but Austin is obviously hoping that's sooner than later. The 303 is Robbie, and he takes A.J. Dillon, the running back for Green Bay. Um, I had Dexter Williams for Green Bay, who I thought was their next in line, and then they drafted A.J. Dillon, and I was like, oh, I guess I can cut that guy. Uh, so nicely done, Robbie. Aaron Jones is um, a free agent at the end of this year. So that's why they drafted A.J. Dillon. He has a put him on your taxi squad and he'll be ready. Uh, 304. So I was at 306 and I traded up to the 304 because uh, I saw a running back that I wanted and I traded the 306 and Greg Olson for the 304. So I, I traded... Greg Olson to move up two spots. Um, I picked up Greg Olson off the waiver wire uh, for nothing. Uh, Pierce had tried to trade me him when I had all my tight ends injured, but I had his backup and I figured he'd get injured. Um, and so I said, no, he thinks that by me picking him up for free, that that proves he was correct that I wanted him. Uh, but what he doesn't realize is that I have a podcast and I get to remind people that um, I got him for free. So I didn't want him to like, I didn't want to like pay for him, but I got him for free. And then I used him to move up and get the running back that I wanted. And so anyway, I went up from the 306. <laughs> I, I, I heard, 
how snotty that sounded coming out of me. Anyway, I moved up from the 306 to the 304, and I got McFarlane. Um, he's going to be... He, he's His highlight reel looked pretty good. I was impressed. I moved up to get him. Um, but uh, he's going to be slotted behind a bunch of people. There's Connor, there's Snell, um, but they drafted him for a reason, and and uh, we'll see what that what that reason might be. Anyway, uh, move on to the 305. You got Stanley going and taking love. Uh, I think um, Aaron Rodgers was watching the draft, hoping that they would take uh, they would pick a wide receiver, and instead they traded up to get his replacement. So he's feeling a lot like Brett Favre right now, um, and Stanley has his replacement. So in Three years, Stanley Love will be ready to to, to play for your to your Packers. Uh, and let's finish this this episode up. Adam at the three oh six uh, gets uh, Hamler. Hamler is the other uh, the second receiver to Denver after was it Judy or I think CD. I can't I get Lamb and Judy mixed up. I think CD Lamb went to Dallas and uh, Judy went to Denver. Uh, but KJ Hamler was the second wide receiver that Denver got. And uh, tell me about it because I had um, uh, whatever the hell his name was. I I had uh, the wide receiver that lost his job when they drafted two other wide receivers. Uh, anyway, good job, Adam. Uh, nice value in that third round. Um, Austin at the three oh seven. Austin picks again for his ninety seventh pick. He gets a tight end for New Orleans. Uh, Troutman. Uh, Booby at the 308 gets a guy, who does he get? He gets, oh, the running back for Arizona, Benjamin Pierce gets per, uh, Perine or Perine or Perine um, running back to the Jets. So that's going to be the Le'Veon Bell replacement. Nice value there. Rose takes a tight end, um, not. I think that guy might have had a Notre name. Actually rated pretty pretty high. Uh, his, his, uh, I think his combine was pretty good. And, of course, he's at Chicago because the Bears have 12 tight ends on their depth chart. Um, so that's a shocker there. Jason Kelly at the 311 takes Asi Asi. Uh, that's the tight end for New England. He's going to be the next Gronkowski. And Wolfett finished us up by taking the Devernay, the wide receiver for Baltimore. And that, that wraps up our draft. And let me go ahead and... Um, Let's take a word from our sponsor. Oh, wait, we don't have any sponsors because we've been off the air for six months. So let's instead finish up. I don't have a stat of the day. Uh, the, the, the stat of the day is this. We have one season and Wolfett won it. Wolfett's 1-0. The rest of us are 0-1. Uh, I will say that I'm, uh, I've, been, I've been wanting to record this episode for a while. I knew I had a lot to catch up on. Um, and I'll put a link on there for you guys to be able to um, call in to the show because uh, I think I think if you guys uh, threw some stuff out there, uh, there, there might be enough content that would motivate me to actually put a, another episode together. So thank you very much for listening. Um, I, I, this wasn't the funniest show ever, uh, but we just had so much to get to. But hopefully that everyone is caught up and uh, I'll try to get another episode out soon so that we can get one in there with a few laughs in there. So uh, I still don't have a tagline to finish off the show. Uh, let me know what it should be. Talk to you next time. I don't know what to say. All right. Bye, guys.